the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the New Gen Mission Podcast on the North-South Connection. I'm Tim Slanka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, on the journey to live the New Generation era to find the best and the worst in the wrestling, wrestling time period, often forgotten. Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 92. It's Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 97. We look beyond just the pay-per-views and examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how's it going? <clears throat> Pretty good, man. Just celebrating Father's Day, as, as I'm sure you did, too. Yes, Yes. Uh, are you checking the NBA draft at all tonight or no? Yeah, I mean, the NBA draft. Or is draft that a NFL draft year? Is that a yeah. NFL draft year? No, I, I, I'm watching the NBA draft right now, but it's like the like the NBA draft, like once it gets past like the, the lottery, I have no idea who half these people are. Unless they're like the old white kids from the schools that like get to the Sweet 16 or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're like fifth year seniors or whatever. But yeah, I, I'm watching it, but I'm just kind of, you know, learning about the players, not really knowing who they are already. Yeah, what about uh, the Bulls pick? Anything about I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> not, not familiar with him at all. I'm not even going to like, fake like I know. I'm like, I can nope. just say it. I can just say, oh, yeah, he's got good upside. I'll just, I'll just go with that. He's definitely got upside, yeah, sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> always, always. So, uh, yeah, good good stuff. And I used to be so into the NBA draft. I think just like the Bulls, like disappointment is just yeah. like kill- Killed it for me. Well, uh, I watched a lot of college number basketball. Seven. Yeah, I just I used to watch a lot of college basketball. I still kind of do, but I just don't get pumped up for for like the Bulls, and that's the really only NBA team I really care about. Mm-hmm. I don't really have like a second team. Well, it's like all these rumors about like Rudy Gobert going to the Bulls or Kevin Durant going to the Bulls. He's wanting out. It's so all like I'm looking for more of like trades and uh, who they draft. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. All right, we got a couple Raws and a Superstar sandwich in between there because we're getting real close to SummerSlam. So um, let's get on it. Sound good? Let's get on the Lex Sounds Express. Sounds good. Really, yes, let's sir. get on the Lex Express. <laughs> uh, so we're live. Or, no, this is sorry. This one's a taped one from 8-9-93. So this was taped way back on July 25th. So a lot's happened since then. But uh, we start off with the Lex Express um, highlights and this is a great one because it's highlights of Comiskey Park so I showed him in Chicago and I know last time we were on I was like man all I want to do is chase the Lex Express when I was young but I I missed out on this somehow so uh, disappointing Uh, did you go down to to Comiskey for the uh, Lex Express? No I I was in Florida this time so yeah I was already down here Um, I don't think I would have anyways Uh, I'm kind of weirded out by this whole Lex thing right now like I don't know what it is like I don't get what they're doing like are they just like was he that much of an asshole that he has to prove to everybody like every citizen in America that he's like a good American now yeah I I guess so yeah I I think it's just to put him over in a different way than having him do interviews because I think we've seen his sit down interviews they're not great he's not overly charismatic in interviews I think they just Mm -hmm. thought this is the way to get him across as you know the new Hogan right and and is it Right. Is it too obvious that they're making him the new Hogan? Like, is it like, I don't, I just don't know how to take this. Like, to, yeah. for them to go this far in and then for the outcomes to be what they are, it's very weird because, you know, anybody else that they've put this much into, the results are a lot different than 
what happens with Lex. Like, I won't, you know, spoil anything. Yeah. You know, it's 20, 30 years old or whatever. But we got, we're spoiler-free on this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it, 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 it's just weird for them to see, like, like every – Every episode has something with Lex in it, like whether it be, yeah. you know, Lex Express, a, a sit down, a, and it's like different angles are taking that they, like, you know, we'll see in the, in the episodes coming up, but I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I'm, I'm still just kind of trying to figure out, like, what the end game really is for this. Yeah. I mean, it's like good and bad. I think it's, I think it's, it definitely as a kid, I was pumped for it. I think it, Builds up a guy that was, you know, the narcissist, an evil heel, and mm-hmm. gives him something different. So I think they're trying to do it. And again, I, I just think they don't think he's that charismatic that he could be an interview and like right. lead the lead the way. So I think it's it's something different too. Uh, yeah, it's weird they do it right after Hogan, but it is a different way of building up a guy. So mm-hmm. give him that, right? Like you know, nowadays they're kind of more formulaic on things like this. Like you, you haven't seen anything like this ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a reason for that, but it is just a different way of doing things. No, uh, it, yeah, it's unique. I mean, it's definitely like it's known. Everybody knows what the Lex Express is. Like every everybody knows, even if they weren't watching at the time, they know. So it's effective in that in that regard, definitely. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we start off uh, raw after after still footage of that. We get to a big big match up here: Tatanka versus Mister Hughes, the most random match uh, I think I've ever seen uh, together which is you got Tanaka kind of feuding with Bigelow and then Mr. Hughes who's kind of feuding with The Undertaker but doesn't have a Wrestle uh, SummerSlam match it's a really bizarre match um, actually so my notes on the match you know I, I actually love the way Mr. Hughes runs the ropes he gets like really deep into him and since he's kind of a bigger guy the ropes really like bend for him so I think he gets good momentum of that uh, of course you get the wreath to start the match uh, I actually wrote that Mr. Hughes actually looks beefier than normal uh, I don't know if he put a couple pounds or get, maybe mm-hmm. guys noticed that he's leaving and just decided to eat up a little bit. Um, and he, I thought he did an awesome move where they were running the ropes and he grabbed Tatanka's hair. Um, he actually pulled him down. So it's like a cool move where like rather than let him run past, he actually just grabbed his hair and yanked him down. Um, a fun little match for the two guys that are in this. But I thought no heat for Mr. Hughes. Like it's also in this small arena and the audio feels off. So I'm not even sure if if – if the um, if the crowd really was into it and you just couldn't hear it, or there's just so few people that like you won't you can't really get like massive heat for anyone. Um, and they they come back from break and they're both a hot sweaty mess. I'm pretty sure the air conditioner was was right. broken for this because they were just pouring sweats. Uh, the end of the match ends up with Tatanka and Mr. Hughes outside, and Tatanka gets an awesome. I mean, Tatanka's a big ass big guy, but so is Mr. Hughes, even as a beefy state, and does an awesome backdrop to kind of end the. Flip him over onto the mats, and then Saka sneaks in to get the one, two, three. So it keeps his undefeated streak, um, and makes Mr. Hughes not look that weak. Harvey comes in after him, and then Hughes grabs the urn and whacks Tatanka with it, and that actually gets a ton, a ton of booze. So again, kind of you get Tatanka win, you make Mr. Hughes lose by a countdown, and then you kind of make him get his heat back afterwards. But a pretty fine match for the two guys that are in it and have nothing together. But again, kind of a weird matchup to start off and. The crowd definitely wasn't in it, but again, if the air conditioner really was broken, I don't blame them for it. Uh, so, you, you know, know that that this. was, like, the main thing. Like, I don't know if I have ADD or if I just, like, like, lose the attention span really easily, but, like, when they started pouring out sweat, like, that was the only thing I could focus on. I was like, holy shit. Like, Mr. Hughes is just, like, dying out there with that suit. 
like tucked. Yeah. He's not even untucked. He's not even going like casual. He's going, you know, full, full business attire. And he's definitely high on the, the rotunda scale of sweat. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's just like, holy shit. Like that's all I could focus on after that. And like you said, the, I don't know if the AC's off. I don't know if it's the, the shirt being tucked in and Tatanka like blowing him up, but. Well, I, I thought Tatanka was a hot mess too. He was. I actually, he, have, I actually have later in the match, uh, there's a, I actually have notes. There's a bunch of golden girls in the front row, and the entire match, they're waving their faces with, like, fans. So, like, it just must have been hot in there. Mm, menopause. But, yeah, <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> they were way past. They were, this was uh, 80 year olds. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe they're about to pass away. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird that, um, I don't know, I just got fixated on, like, the levels of sweat in, in this match. And then, I don't know. I'm just kind of done with Mr. Hughes. Like he, he's not really like doing anything at, at the moment. Like I know he's kind of sideways involved with Undertaker a little bit, but I don't know. He, he's kind of a cool like like uh, caricature kind of of a wrestler, but it's, there's no like meat to it. So um, I'd rather see Tatanka involved in something else or even just a promo instead of like wasting his time with this uh, uh, sweat bath. This uh, like kids making Nike shoes levels of sweat <laughs> yep. going on in this match, you know, but um, like you said, it was decent, decent little opener with these two. So something different at least. Um, and then from there we get like a, like kind of like we mentioned earlier, we get to sit down with Lex Luger and I don't know if like this was like bleeding. I was having my nose on if it was like bleeding on from like the ADD, but is Lex short for Lexington? Do you think, do you think like his real name is Lexington Luger? I didn't really think about that, but maybe that makes <laughs> well, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I want that to be the case, but I'm um, hoping. They kind of, right, they they go over his like time at uh, Miami, right? Was that was that right? In my yeah, notes? that's what you said. And, yeah, which I don't know if that's true, but uh, I feel like they, that would be talked about more if he went to Miami. Maybe it's Miami or Ohio, but um, yeah, he, he played pro football, Canadian League, USFL. Kind of just talks about like the you know, his dedication and things like that and um, not being, like, fully into it. And it's just kind of weird how they're just doing this, like, dissection now that he's, like, a baby face. Like, you know, you didn't really know anything about him when he's a heel, and now, like, they're wanting to know every detail about his background, which it, it does serve, like, like WWF does do that kind of thing with their um, number one guys. So it makes sense, but it's just interesting to see how they're – um, delving into him is like not only like the Lex Express and all the hype and everything, they're also kind of trying to make him a real person as well. So they're really trying to like get the fans bought into him completely. Yeah, and then at the end, I do note that he talks about also how he does really good grades, like that's supposed to make mm. him over. Uh, and then Macho Man, and then, yeah, so then Macho Man at the end says, This is a real hero doing it the right way. So clearly, a ticket <laughs> right. Hogan. Right. So. Uh, yeah. Do you want to take the next match? Or? Yeah, yeah, this, um, so this was a living hell. This was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't believe this, the thing in this match is still a thing. Yeah. And, um, so it's the Bushwhackers with, uh, the Macho Midget versus the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, Blake Beverly and Blake, Little yep. Louie. And Little Louie. So, like, first off, they talk about this guy, Little Louie, as if we're supposed to know who the hell he is. I didn't know who the hell he was. Um, and in the beginning, like the Macho Midget, he's creepy as hell to look at, but he's also funny as hell to look at. Like he just starts dancing in the middle of the ring. Like 
I don't know. Like he's kind of is trying to get himself over, I think. But I hate the Bushwhackers. Like I hate everything about the Bushwhackers. Like they're above Duggan, um, any Kamala, any. Like I would much oh, rather watch them than how, the Bushwhackers. I hate. I, I hate when people say, "Oh, you should have watched them as the Sheep Herders." Yeah, I'm not watching the Sheep Herders right now. I'm watching the fucking Bushwhackers, and they're wearing New Jack's pants. Which I know New Jack came after them, but I wish like he would have come out right now and like bladed every single member of this um, <laughs> match because I cannot stand. The, oh, it's just I, I hope we don't see them that much. But um, with that being said, they fit the mold of what they're trying to do here. Like they are the kids, um, quote unquote midget match worker type like entertainment like. Yeah, they work those spots so well. Like the butt, they do like the butt biting spot. They do like the triple, um, triple butt biting spot. Yeah, triple. yeah, it, it, it's it's weird. It's just like they do like a crisscross spot that was kind of funny. Um, uh, the one like little Louie, he kind of looks like Tyrion from Game of Thrones. He comes in, and it, and it's just like all of them get involved and they do, do like the they try to do like a tripping spot. But I think there's a little miscommunication there. Um, they finally like. I, I think the AC was off because even like, even though the Macho Midget's like mask is red, it somehow looked even more red and his hair was like all disheveled at the end when the Bushwhackers like pick him up and make him do a splash and he looks, he almost looks frustrated like, God damn, why well, I still gotta go? Like, like they pick him up in the air and just throw him on to get the pin. Um, like I said, I hate the Bushwhackers. I'm kind of creeped out by the Macho Midget, but. This match was kind of fun, and it was it was just something different. Like it was, you know, it it was it wasn't meant to be like you know you sink your teeth into it or take it any seriously, and, and that's how it took it. So, um, at least it was a little entertaining, in my opinion. Um, I hated this. I uh, <laughs> Vince loved this though. This was Vince's yeah. comedy aisle. Like that's the one thing I would say about this match. They got the crowd kind of into it. It was just too long. Uh, there was a funny thing where they did a crisscross. And then Macho Midget stopped, and little Louie kept going. Oh, and he was I blown that, up. He was blown up. It was pretty funny, and, and Macho was mocking him. But I wrote, I wrote that that killed all kayfabe uh, yes. of the crisscross. But uh, I don't know. It was just, it was just a bunch. This is where I have the Golden Girls in the front. This is how we were, how bad this match was. I was just watching four <laughs> old women fan themselves the whole time, and I put that they also loved this too. Like they were the eighty year olds. So this was for Vince and the eighty year olds. But uh, right. it was kind of disappointing. You know what? I'll, I'll give it if you know this episode has a lot of different things. So I think like it's a good like you kind of mentioned something different. So you yeah. kind of had like uh, you know you, you know first match you know and then the contract signing. I think this was a good. Good in between, so it was it was kind of annoying to watch, but um, it's something different for the crowd. So it, this is the end of a taping too, like a long taping. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good for the crowd too, right? Like they're probably bored as hell, and you know at this point they're probably just drained, and especially if there's no air conditioning, uh, this probably got them up a little bit. So it, 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 it did it's his job. It's probably like the highest percentage of people in a match that um, Pat Patterson's probably had sex with. So definitely, that's you know he, he's he's at least about eighty eighty five percent in this match. But uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that that's just how weird this Raw has been so far. Is like that's where all my notes are going is just wandering yeah. off to these sorts of things, you know. So next we got our, our big big moment of Raw, the contract signings. We got all the officials in the ring. Bobby and Vince do commentary from the ring. 
Uh, and as Yokozuna comes out, Mr. Fuji says something crappily, but he introduces Jim Cornette, who comes out with them, and says he's their American spokesman. Um, and so he, uh, <laughs> he he actually grabs the contract and says that Mr. Fuji and Yoko don't know English. So he's <laughs> his like first thing he does is mm-hmm. is mock mock his own uh, his own clients, um, and then he double checks the contract. So kind of like oh I got he kind of says oh I got to check something and kind of mm-hmm. looks at the contract. And then we get big Lex out. Lex comes out in a suit. I think the crowd went actually nuts for this, uh, but I thought it was a great visual. Yoko just stared him down the whole time. I put like kind of like Andre the Giant's old move, just kind of staring down. Not moving, but I thought it looked awesome. Luger kind of walks around him. Um, so they kind of both sit down. They both get a contract explained terribly by Jack Tunney. Uh, they both sign it. And then right as that happens, Jim Cornette's jumping up and down and says, Lex, you don't know how to read either. Uh, I, I snuck in a clause that this is a one-time only, no re, no rematch. And Bobby is just loving this. Like, he's jumping up and down, clapping so hard. Like, Bobby's selling this. Like, it's the greatest swindle of all time uh and then and then lex note gets on the microphone and just talks about how he doesn't care that he's gonna beat him anyways and he doesn't even need a rematch so i thought a great job of building up Cornette as like a weasel mm-hmm. uh, and then also like lex kind of good babyface move of saying hey i don't i don't care it's a i'm gonna take him out i don't even need a rematch so i thought a pretty good segment uh especially with yoko with the stare down uh, i thought i thought it was all good everything good but jack tony I thought this was an awesome segment. I thought, like, Luger killed it with, like, the, the passion he had in this. Like, he was yep. really fired up and focused. Like, even though he looked weird in a suit, like, I think most, like, muscled-up dudes look weird in a suit. That's probably why I never chose to go that route um, <laughs> as far as muscles go. Like, I want I want to keep the suits going. But, <laughs> you know, it checks out. But uh, Cornette, like, created more heat in 10 seconds than, than Fuji has in 10 months with Yoko. Like, he fits with Yoko 10 times better than Fuji does from you know he's he's such an irritant like and it's so good like it just works perfectly it gets Luger riled up I think that's what's making him more spirited in this thing is having Cornette to play off of um I think Luger got like too fired up because at the end he's like talking about USA and he's like it it begins with a U it ends with an A and, and it has a middle initial of F like it's not <laughs> F it, it, UFA is not is not where you uh, where you live, but uh, no, I, I thought this was a million bucks. Like this is a perfect hype. It makes me buy into the match. It, it's just like too like like when when you have like this is like the WWF style of having like a bit like whether you like the match or not. Like you know the theatrics of it of a big you know muscular hero versus a you know huge giant of a heel um, is just perfect style. And it's like comfort food WWF. So I loved it. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was perfectly done. I thought everyone besides Jack Tony did well uh, in it. Right, yeah, he sucks. Um, so from there, we do get uh, Razor Ramon coming out versus a jobber. Um, simple squash, nothing really much here except for that he's uh, wearing some, like, red, white, and blue wristbands, which I get the – I kind of don't get it. Like, like when when do baby faces are, – are they, like, supporting other baby faces that – to this extent, like he just turned it's so it. cheap too. Yeah, and it, it doesn't fit Razor either. Like that's what, I think that's what pissed me off is he's like the like the cool guy. He's the you know he's not gonna do this cheesy shit of wearing like the red, white, and blue wristbands. And 
I don't know. It, even though it, it might not be a big deal to some people, but to me, like Razor is the guy that should be untouched with these kind of things. Like he's always has such a cool look. He always has such a good composure. And then one little tacky thing like this kind of messed it up. Um, I don't know if you had anything to add about the match, but it wasn't really much, much there. Yeah. No, just that I put that he's rocking the red, white, and blue wristband at the Steiner brothers later. I noticed wearing them too. So obviously they just said, Oh, these guys are really supporting blacks with the smallest wristband ever. Well, before the lip strong uh, bracelets really. (laughs) Right. Why don't you get the last match? All right. So from there we get the, uh, debut of the heavenly bodies. Is this this the debut that we get them last week? I don't think, uh, they've, I think been, they've been in interviews, but I don't think they've actually yeah, fought. Okay. It's definitely the Raw debut. Yeah, so I love, love, love this team. Um, I hate Tom Pritchard, like, doing the the hair tease all the time, though. It's, like, it's so annoying. Like, he always does it. Like, he would do it, you know, even it's, like, Smoky Mountain and everything, just yeah. constantly messing with his hair. Um, but I love Jimmy Del Rey, like, when he does his sleazy-ass little grind, like, Oh yeah, Sable. Sable sexy could never. Boy. Yeah. Sexy boy. Sable could never meet this. And I'll tell you what. Growing up in Florida and for at least ten years living in a trailer park, Jimmy Del Rey has at least twenty doppelgangers down here that <laughs> I've seen throughout my life with no teeth, and then probably did a grind like that too. But um, definitely, and thought they were super sexy. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I feel like he's always gonna talk like Ace. Uh, Awesome powers too. When he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's awesome, and it, it, it's cool that they're tight stuff like a Mastercard too, like with the yeah. the yellow and the red on the black on the back. But um, these jobbers suck. Like they're so off. Like they're off rhythm with with what the heavenly bodies are trying to do, and like they're really trying to show like they're how innovative they are and stuff like that. And they, I think they had to kind of dial it back a little bit. Um, but it was cool to see like. Uh, Del Rey hit the moonsault, like he holds him up yep. and hits the moonsault, and then they kind of get their pin, and Cornette comes out and calls out the Steiners, which is good, because, you know, you're getting, like, these new contenders now, and I just feel like, you know, like, the tag division is just on fire right now, like, you see all these different contenders, you don't know, you know, who's going to step up next, and um, just having, like, a team like the Heavenly Bodies come out of nowhere is just a real big addition, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that's disappointing is, like, again, this is the end of a long-ass taping. Definitely mm-hmm. the crowd had no heat for them, which I think, like, going back, like, I never was a big fan of them, but, like, rewatching them, like, well, it's mostly because Jimmy Del Rey. I think he's so funny. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, a team I appreciate a lot more, and it's kind of disappointing. But I think it was just the fact that, like, oh, this comes from, like, this crappy-ass Smoky Mountain Wrestling Federation. Like, I never took them as credible. So... Mm-hmm. I think, like, the, the rest of the crowd must have fallen in my way as well. Like, there was no heat for them. And they were doing stuff that was pretty awesome, I felt like. Right. Uh, you know, besides just the moonsault, like, just their their moves were, like, way better than the Bushwhackers would be. Right. So, kind of like, I don't want to say, like, one, two, three kid exactly, but definitely, like, more high-flying, definitely bigger energy, and yet didn't really get the heats. So, that was the only thing that was kind of disappointing. But, like, I know when I was a kid, I hated them. I thought they were so lame. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say hate. Like, I just didn't really – I was like, this crappy team – so, yeah, I, I was the same. I didn't like them as a kid either. Like I thought they were just boring. I think a lot of like the southern style teams are like that when you're a kid. Like you don't necessarily get like the uh, I don't know like, like what they're trying to do in, in the ring and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you, you want to see like more just like upbeat like personalities instead of you know what what they do. So I don't know. They, they weren't like boring if you're a kid, but they just don't appeal to you. I guess like they look grungy and kind of. 
gross almost to extent. Yeah, just they, they don't really have like. Well, I know, but they don't have, like their gimmick is funny like now, but they don't have like that classic, uh, you know, uh, wrestling gimmick like like mm-hmm. other teams that kind of had you know from WWF and kind of right. similar to your your boys. Well done, uh, you know, just kind of like looking listening to that, like classic like hatred gimmick. Like mm-hmm. they only get booed for doing their sexy dance, which they should. Exactly. So uh, overall, I thought a decent raw, considering it was well taped. But I think you got a cool debut. Uh, you know, and, and, they, and Jimmy Cornette also says that he, they're going after the signers. Like, and they talk that up a lot. Like, hey, they're coming right away at the signers. So mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get them as a good debut. You kind of have the Tataka Hughes, which I thought was pretty good. You got the awesome contract signing. And you get you know a bunch of uh, bushwhacker midget stuff going on that Vince loves. So I thought a pretty pretty solid raw. Besides maybe the razor um, squash, and right. we'll move on to superstars. All right. All right. So we're we're taping July 26 from the uh, War Memorial in Utica, New York. So uh, not that 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 old because this is the 814 raw. So we start off with uh, Razor Ramon and Dwayne Gill. Razor again's got his uh, got his uh, uh, wristband on. Uh, I thought this was kind of an interesting match in it, in it that he was not really over as a face, but he was trying to start working with it. Like I don't know if he's been doing it, but he did the razor's edge signal. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you seen him do that? Like he's no, he's talking the yeah. finish, like the yeah. The fin- I don't know what you call it. Yeah, like, yeah, finish no, I, type. yeah. I didn't think about that. I've never seen him do it until now. You're right. Yeah. So and, and I, he hasn't done this as much, but it's definitely a razor classic of busting out the abdominal stretch, which Gill sold like he was like gonna die. So I, I like that. Uh, and then they had a million dollar man insert where he was uh, making fun of, you know, that even though he lost to one, two, three kid, he would never lose $10,000. So I thought good building up to, um, to Razor and, 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 and uh, million dollar man for SummerSlam. And then I thought Razor looked really good, but I thought he was trying to learn how to be a face uh, in this match and even the one from Raw. So, you know, they're trying to get him over. I think probably that's probably why he's been, why he was just on both was to mm-hmm. really put him over. Like, Hey, this guy is a face. Um, now everyone should cheer him. I yeah, I, no, I agree. I, I, I think like the Debiasi cut in helped build that too. Like if you're just kind of like well, stumbling upon it, like, oh, okay, is this got a baby face now that kind of cements it a little bit. So yeah, I, I agree. I think they're trying to work him in is getting more comfortable. It's working as a baby face now. Yep. Here we get the next match. Yep. So from, uh, we get a quick, Quick recap of the Luger Yoko signing. Um, then from there we get uh, Ludwig Borga versus Jobber. Um, Ludwig Borga looks awesome, and he's like really intense and gets straight to the action. And he's impressive in the ring. Like I like how he's kind of just like a bully in there. He, like he's working towards yep. the gimmick and how he looks, but his finisher sucks so bad. Like he just throws him off the rope and does like a diving clothesline at him, which. You know, with a guy like that, you, you, I don't know. I'd want to see something more like impactful than a move that like every guy on the roster does, pretty much. Uh, it's kind of like a weird nitpick, but like if you're gonna start seeing him in bigger matches, I'd like to see something different. You know, put away like established guys, I guess. But I kind kind of looking forward to where he goes because I, I like the character, I like the look. He's uh, he's almost like a like a really early like Brock Lesnar looking type of guy, like how jacked he yeah. is. And, you know how athletic he is, about well being jacked, but kind of kind of interested to see where he goes from there. Um, do you have anything out of that match? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was very aggressive. I, I can't remember. I thought his ending move was just a punch. So I, I don't know if he changes it. He might not be the best wrestler, but he's kind of got that like 
boxer, almost like a UFC a little bit style of just kind of like yeah. pushing you around type style. Um, so I liked it. Very aggressive. You know, I, I thought it was his best match too. Uh, just being like a bully. So I liked mm-hmm. it. Um, and then from there, I'll just grab this one real quick. Go ahead, here. We get uh, Steiners versus a couple jobbers. I thought this was a pretty fun squash match. Like, it's, you know, they're they're throwing guys around. They're, like, really in their prime of just being, like, ass kickers right now. Um, Scott even hits, like, the, the Steiner screwdriver at one point and just absolutely kills the guy. Like, that move, I don't know how it wasn't banned early on, but just, like, he gets them so up high and just, like, drives them straight down into the mat with that. Um, I also noticed that they, they won with, like, the Steiner Bulldog instead of Scott just hitting the Frankensteiner. So that I don't know if that's, like, a a focused point for them to, like, move to more tag team finishes instead of just Scott. Maybe yeah. Like, you know, they, since they're going to be in more feuds and stuff like that, they want to do that. But pretty fun squash. Uh, Steiner's really never disappoint me, so uh, I was pleased with it. Yeah, uh, and then I, I did have, they really talked up as well, the heavenly bodies during this, mm-hmm. so really bringing up there. Uh, and then we did have a face-to-face where Harvey Blippelman has been on a lot of these, is, is talking about how he's not afraid of the RIP match, even though no one knows what that means. <laughs> uh, and then we get we get the big debut of the USA Duggan song, so uh, I think I know what our Going Away song will be this time. So right. Right. Uh, classic, classic place to be, uh, jokes from the early day. Mm-hmm. All t- all time, all timer, uh, and then we get uh, highlights of the magazine coming out that we got uh, with Rhonda Shear uh, and, and Shawn Michaels connected together. I'm not really sure how or anything like that, but they just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that magazine article, so I might have to go back into my archives and and go read it. But uh, make a big deal of that, and then Shawn Michaels comes out with Diesel, and Vince literally gushes and he goes, "Here comes the man!" Yeah, and like literally a boner for for Sean awesome. at that point. So uh standard standard squash with Sean. Talk about how he's got perfect and that he's got the that he's got diesel in his corner. Um and then we gotta I'm, I'm just gonna take the next match because it's yeah. your boy. Just a quick Tatanka squash. So a guy that's been in here a lot and then we've also had just a lot of jobber matches recently on Superstars. So just another guy that really again kinda had the fun Mr. Hughes match but here, mm-hmm. just like standard jobber with very little talk at the time, and it was two minutes long, so really didn't add much. I don't know if you had anything to add on either. Sean. Well, I have I have that Sorry. in my notes. Is Tataka being like overexposed right now? Like he does too much. Like I, you give him the Mister Hughes match, then give give somebody else a quick squash match real quick. Like yeah. you don't need to have him on TV every single show, like Raw and Superstars, every single week. You know, like like give him a little bit of a breather, so you kind of miss him a little bit when he comes out. You. You have a little bit of roster depth and new people coming in that you don't need to do this. But, um, yeah, kind of weird for them to run, like, so many squashes in a row, too. You know, like, you have, you have Razor, Borga, Steiner, Sean, and Tatanka all in a row. Um, that's not even kind of our last match. So it's just kind of weird for them to run all these jobber matches in a row like that. Yeah, and after they've been doing it, they've done a decent job of, like, they used to – for like maybe a month or two, they were doing like a preview of like, oh, this big match is next week, right? Like my mm-hmm. money and Chris Steiner's. Then you'd be pumped for it, and then there'd be a big match or Sherry versus uh, Luna. And now it's just like this one. There was no preview of like any of these matches, and all they're all kind of jobber matches. So a little disappointed in the superstars of late. So we'll see if they can turn around. Right. Uh, do, you, do you have the SummerSlam report notes? Yeah, no? I have. No, I don't have the full notes. I have that uh, Brett's got some words for Waller, and I think like. 
Brett's really fired up with this. Like, I think, you know, like, like as a kid, when this feud was happening, like, even into, like, 95, 96, I thought, that, like, I thought it was real. Like, I thought the way, like, Brett and Lawler, the way, just the way they talk to each other is, it's, it comes off so believable because, like, Lawler is such a dick with his jokes, like, about his parents and stuff. Like, he's yep. always digging on his parents. And Brett, like, takes it so personal. Like, maybe not in real life, obviously. Like, they're probably cool. But, you know, like, the way they, they portray it, it looks so believable. And I think that's why it's, like, one of my favorite feuds is that it's just so easy to buy in because Brett gets real passionate about it, you know. Um, I'm not sure. Was there any other notes from that? Well, I, I have on the summer. Yeah, I, I had. there's two new matches added to SummerSlam. Uh, on this report, Marty is going to face, Gennady is going to face Ludwig, Ludwig oh, Vorka. Yeah. That's added. That the Steiners and Heavenly Bodies have agreed to to fight each other at SummerSlam. So right. it's the final two matches kind of added to the card. Uh, so they've done a pretty good job of each week kind of adding one or two matches to kind of keep building up the suspense, uh, not make the card too stale. So I thought fun little add of those two matches. Um, and, and they're adding a lot of new blood to the card, too. Like, yep. SummerSlam 93 isn't um, a, a pay-per-view I've seen maybe more than, like, once or twice, and it's been a really long time. So outside outside of, like, a few, like, obvious matches, like the notable ones, I don't really yep. remember, like, the finishes to a lot of them. So it'll be fun to, to see um, when that comes up. But um, we, we get our last match here with uh, the Heavenly Bodies versus a couple jobbers. Um, Cornette introduces them, like, coming out to the ring, which I think is cool. Like, you know, he's just so good on the mic, and, like, it gets you invested immediately. Um, and, when, and like, during the match that the Steiners cut in, so I don't know, if, was that when they mentioned that they accepted it, or they just kind of talked about it? Was it was in the Summer Slam reports, but I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know which came first, but, right. yeah. They definitely showed the photo in the Summer Slam report, so. Gotcha. And then uh, during this match, they do, like, a really cool, like, top rope. Like, like one of them's on the top rope, and the other one kind of, like, uh, hands the guy to him for, like, a power slam off the top rope, which is kind of cool. And, like, they keep kind of, like, cutting the cornet at ringside, so you see him, like, running his mouth. And it's just, like, this package of cornet and heavily bodies is just, like, like immediately, not main event, but immediately, like, prime time. Like, they're, they're, they're players in the, in the tag scene immediately with, with Cornette giving them, like, the credibility and everything. Um, and then we get another moonsault from the Gigolo, which is always good to see. So, you know, I can't stop laughing at just thinking about his <laughs> Gigolo. Well, just just calling him the Gigolo alone is it's awesome. It's amazing, so, yeah. You know, and, and do you, I don't know if you're familiar with Jimmy Graffiti from WCW. Do you know who that is? I've the heard the name, out, like, but... Spray paint? That's him. He's the same guy. So it's, like, it's so weird to see him play this character. And then if you watch, like, 96 WCW, he's Jimmy Graffiti wearing, like, he's he looks like Super Kolo, kind of. He's got like, his hat on backwards, and he's got, like, like the, the spray can. He comes out, like, looking like a little kid, almost, kind of, like a little punk kid. Um, it's just, just for anybody, like, listening, if you go and look that up, like, the stark contrast is, is hilarious. But I'm a big Gigolo fan. I just love seeing him do that weird-ass dance, and it's, like, and he's like the guy that like learned one dance when he was young and like will always do it. So everybody's like, "Oh shit, you could dance!" Like, yeah, that's impressive. And he's like, "Yeah, you, you like this, you know?" Yeah, I'm gonna keep this going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. It's awesome to see. Um, and at the end, we get like a, a Luger and Yoko face to face. Um, some more good stuff with those two. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't think I'd be excited about this like this main event or this match in general, but. 
the way they're kind of building to it, I, I'm pretty excited to see where they go with it. Yeah, I and I like. Uh, I actually thought I'm gonna give him props, Mr. Fuji. I thought he was actually a decent, uh, a decent promo here. He just talked about how American is very lazy. That they've made another poor investment in Lex Luger. That Japanese products are the only things that work. So I thought that was actually pretty good. It was actually coherent during it. So I'll give him his props. Mm-hmm. Rare. I had to take that notes. <laughs> right. Uh, do you want to give some plugs, and then we'll get to one last raw. Yes, sir. So, um, Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast is back with Jake. So he took a little hiatus, but he's back now. Um, Ryan Gray has brought back, uh, Clotheslines and Headlines, uh, 2.0, I think he's calling it. So, um, you know, just some, that's like a more fast moving, like segment based, uh, podcast. It's pretty cool to listen to. Like if you, if you're, you know, want to hear like just little random tidbits about what's going on right now, he's got that. Um, you got, uh, you know what that means. And then you got, uh, Tim and Marcus. They're doing like the viewer's choice after every pay per view. They're also doing like the high low where they're just throwing out like random guys, uh, you know, like in just kind of debating where they're going to put them on the list, like top 50, bottom 50 on the list at all. Like real quick hitting podcasts. It's only 30 minutes long. Um, and then you also got like, uh, Aaron doing the wrestle that was, and, and this week was on Batista. So, um, really good listen because like that's a guy that like you he has like different peaks in his career and Aaron like really covers it really well like you know, starting with evolution and you know going on the singles and kind of coming back doing his little part time thing uh, just really good listen so you know we got something for everybody on the feed to listen to yeah of course uh, Wednesday's Jenny position we hope we recorded this right but we we have I'm gonna be joining her on uh, if you heard it up I, I never get it you. Heard about it on Pluto, uh, Walker mm-hmm. Texas Walker Texas Ranger episode. Oh. So you know, glorious and the last one she just did with uh, Scott was amazing on Supermarket Sweep, uh, mm-hmm. telling his yelling at his grandmother uh, some insanity. So great storytelling by him. And then uh, you know this the guys are still killing it with um, now entering the Rumble. They just did uh, Mr. Ass. So they had a long discussion about how Mr. Ass's uh, theme song came about, which I was right. dying laughing about whether they had Jim Johnson come up with the words or who came up with the words. So mm-hmm. great start to that one. Uh, and then, you know, some of the other ones, you know, Wrestling Warzone as well, uh, on every other Thursday uh, has been killing it lately, going through uh, the second half of the new generation era in 96. So great stuff every day, uh, adding, adding on there. And I know JT is going to, I just started listening to it, but JT added a, uh, and I don't remember the name of it, but the movie of the movie of the generation. So he did a live watch, uh, with Rocco on uh, American pie. So a new, an, another new, uh, non-wrestling pod added to the, the feed. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, sir. So let, let's move on to, uh, Monday at Ross. This one's live. Uh, eight eight sixteen or August sixteenth from Poughkeepsie, so kind of their go to second home. This one looks a lot better than the other one. The other one just like looked dank and more like a high school gym. This one, when it doesn't have the Manhattan Center feel, it definitely like looks a lot better. So, mm-hmm. uh, we start off with one two three kid versus um, million dollar man Ted DiBiase. So I, this is a this one's a good one where you kind of got a bunch of feuds intermixed. Um. Razor actually calls in and says he's going to look out for the kids back. Um, and so I thought a fun little match between uh, one, two, three kid. In the end, uh, one, two, three kids going up for the big moonsault that he hit with the beat Razor with. And IRS comes out of nowhere and throws him off the 
top rope. I thought the way they did it was a great visual of kind of the IRS like shoving him off the top rope. Right. Uh, they just did a massive beatdown, and then the Steiner brothers came out for the save. So I thought a really cool integrating a feuds. You got kind of got IRS versus one, two, three kid. You got Razor on the phone. You got Steiner brothers still with money ink kind of going out. So I thought a fun opening match, and especially kind of watching this one directly after the superstars, uh, really kind of like brought me back a little bit. So uh, I definitely love this one. I don't know what your comments on it were. So I, I echo that. Like I have in my notes, like kid brought energy back to the programming. Like, you know, like just watching his match, he stands out so much and, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. Like I'm a sucker for like the call in, like when guys yeah. call in on the phone. Like I just think that's. Uh, I don't know. I, just, I love it when when people do that. And Razor's really good at it because he has like the voice and everything that makes you um, listen like intently. But uh, well, I thought it was also cool that he kind of said like in my notes, he oh I got your back one two three kid, and then of mm-hmm. course like he's not there to right. protect him. So like I know they don't feud for like four years, but it's kind of a cool little like oh i got your back and yet he doesn't really right here so i thought that was a cool little like uh way they did his promo right it's like a plot line to a yeah. story so yeah it's it's smart it's smartly done and and you know just having like this, like kid work with like the veteran guys like dibiase and is smart too like it's, yep. it's just it's just really good um storytelling so far um from there we get the uh head shrinkers versus a couple jobbers um, still fun squash matches with them, even though they're kind of like the forgotten team right now. Like, like, you know, we have a couple new teams on the scene. We got like the stalwarts of so the Steiners and, and Money Inc. kind of doing like main programs and things like that. The head shrinkers are kind of lost right now, as, as well as the smoking guns. Like, those two teams kind of just like in the dark a little bit. But, yep. you know, maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see more coming up from them. I don't know, but, um, fun little squash. Really nothing. Nothing to write home about. Did you have anything to add to that one? No, just fun little squash. Uh, I kind of wrote the crowd was a little more dead for them, uh, probably because they, they didn't have much there. And then right before that, they did announce that there's going to be a SummerSlam Spectacular. So no more Raw after this one. They're going to do a, a big SummerSlam Spectacular um, right. coming up the next – I think it's next – I think I'm confused on it. But I think it's next Sunday, and then I think they re-air it on the Monday Night Raw instead of the Raw. Or maybe it's the U.S. Open. I would have to check my 1983 uh, U.S. Open calendar to see what happened. But they kind of, throughout this program, they definitely make it it's a huge idea or a huge mm-hmm. thing with uh, the SummerSlam Spectacular. Yeah, it, it's the Sunday. So it would be like Superstars, and then the day after it would be the um, yeah. SummerSlam Spectacular. So. I, but I, think they, I think they might have re-shown it, because there's no Raw next week. Right. So I think they either re-showed it or they... Uh, I think there's played. no Raw for a couple weeks. Right, because they, they used to always take the U.S. Open tennis break. Right. For So I think, I don't know which one it is, so I'll mm-hmm. do, do a little Googling and see if anyone has No, I think you're it. right. I think you're right. Um, after that, we we cut to, we're going to have uh, Bastion Booger versus Marty Jannetty, and they kind of go backstage to see Bastion Booger eating ice cream uh, for the match. Yep. Because they're... they're you know what sucks is like Bastion Booger is actually fun in the ring. He's actually solid, and it's just like this gimmick is never gonna. He's never gonna be taken seriously, and it's just so like. I think it's like Vince saying like "fuck fat people." I hate yeah. fat people so much. Like, this is what I'm going to show you what you are, kind of thing. Well, Which is, I you mean, know, at least he's playing along into it, you know. And he, I mean, I don't know how much it was true, but like he kind of did that with Adrian Adonis. So I think like Adrian Das was into the gimmick and stuff, but like right. he definitely made him like 
you're going to do this, you know, gay gimmick and I'm going to put it, I'm going to make you like wear dresses and stuff. Like that's right. a great player of it. But like, if you're going to be a fat slob, I'm going to treat you like one. So I'm yeah. sure Vince is the same way. Like you're going to come in here this out of, out of weights or out of shape. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to make you, I'm going to make fun of you. So right. well, you, you see, he does it to Yoko later on too. And yeah, yeah. And Vader, he does it to Vader and yeah, you know, so yeah, he kind of plays along with the sensibility of it. Um, but as the match itself, it's kind of an interesting matchup too. Like to see, like you know, Mar- I think Marty's like one of the better like utility men on the roster, like where he can just kind of get in there with anybody as far as a match goes, and it kind of looks yep. like interesting at least. Um, so I thought this was a cool little like just interesting matchup, nothing like crazy or anything like that. But um, and like I mentioned before, I think Booger's solid in the ring. I just wish he had like a, a different gimmick, maybe. Um, it's where you can kind of just like let him flourish a little bit. Like he's obviously going nowhere with this. Um, towards the end of the match, Booger does like his sit down, like to his knees kind of splash and the ref, like, he counts two and then he just stops because Marty takes forever to get him to like roll over and like a sunset flip. So yeah, he could have easily counted the three. So it was kind of weird, but Marty rolls him over and gets Booger for the three, which is kind of a weird finish, but uh, I'll take it, you know, um, Solid little match, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing terrible, but uh, just a fun little matchup, you know, between Booger and Marty, and Marty gets the victory. So, yeah, I thought I thought uh, Marty looked awesome. He did like an awesome flip into the ring, like he looks really motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Booger I thought looked okay. He definitely pulls off like the fat lazy man like gimmick pretty well in the ring. So I think he does his job, but he's just there's. He's no, he's got nowhere to go. I mean, he lost to Virgil in his opening match. I mean, that shows you where this guy's right. going. So, uh, nothing really there. Uh, then we get money, money, money ink in the ring, and they <laughs> here I have that uh, for an interview actually that IRS is mad and sweaty. They're both dying of sweat, so maybe the air conditioning's broken in this place too. But uh, I thought they brought a lot of fire. Just talk about how pissed they are at Steiner's, but say they're also not taking their eyes off uh, Razor or the kid. So I thought a really good promo. I think we kind of talked about that. They they brought the fire on their interviews uh, here. That I, I think we I definitely liked them more. I mean, I'm not gonna say mm-hmm. I have matches so far have been always like a plus, but I think like he's brought some fire and not just so his boring. You're all tax sheets. Like I thought he's brought some different different um, different promos. I think he's just kind of a dick in his promos too. Like, I think right. he's just like a complete jerk in them. So I've I've really enjoyed him. He gets so worked up that he calls it Summer Lynn instead of Summer Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a couple of like, by him. Yeah, he, so, like, you know how they always, like, rag on Brett for saying the SummerSlam? Like, this SummerSlam. IRS's Summer Lynn needs to get worked in there, too. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, his daughter's name or something, but, um, no, I thought they were very spirited. Like, I think, you know, them being sweaty almost added to it, like, being, like, you know, like, just irritated as hell and, yeah, you know, it was like, just pissed off promo. I loved it, so. Yeah, good stuff from them. Uh, you want to take the next yep. the next segment? So um, next we get Men on a Mission versus a couple jobbers. Um, still loving Men on a Mission. Like, I'm, I'm not, like, I don't need them to get involved in anything yet. Like, I'm still okay with seeing them just kind of uh, show their stuff off a little bit. Um, I, I think it's so funny when Vince, like, like he says, like, he says there's nothing wrong with the hood. Like he says it like, like who said there was anything wrong? I don't I don't think anybody even said anything was wrong with it. Um, so he's like he's automatically like says they're from the hood like just because they're black, but yep. it's uh like he has to mention that it's so it's so weird. But 
um, fun fun finish to this match too. Like Mabel and Mo, like Mo's behind him on the top rope or middle rope, and and Mabel standing, and and Mo like bulldogs Mabel into the guy and and yep. makes Mabel pin him. So that was like very creative. I thought like you know kind of and also like while doing that move, it like served two purposes. It also showed like the size disparity with Mabel and Mo, like how big yeah. Mabel really is. Um, so cool finish. Like it was just. Yeah, they're an interesting team, and I'm liking what I'm seeing from them so far. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to our episode a couple of weeks ago. And you were talking about how Mo is like only like 26. There's no way this guy's right. gonna be like 55. Right. When you look <laughs> at him, like, like I heard it, like I didn't even respond to you because I think I was just in such such shock, and like yeah. he's so old, so or looks so old. It just looks like right. a rough life. So yeah, fun, fun little match. Uh, they looked good. The crowd's in them. They. They definitely have hit this gimmick pretty well, so uh, I, I like it. And then we got one last squash with uh, Bam Bam. Oh, we got Luger, uh, yes. Luger interview first. We talked about they ask him if he's a st- currently taking steroids. He says no, but yes, I used to use him in the past. Uh, that's kind of a big revelation of it. You know, kind of make it again, picking on Hogan where Hogan said nope, I've never used it. So cool little insight I thought there and definitely I mean I know they're picking on Hogan a little bit by this but mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good I thought it was pretty good yeah the only uh, thing I saw was like when he says like he like like Vince or whoever's interviewing him, I think it's Vince asked him are you currently taking steroids and he says emphatically no I'm just oh, like yeah. this, mother- yeah. this motherfucker's lying like he's, <laughs> he's still taking steroids they just yeah. don't want you to think he is and, and he breaks down like you know, the the wrongdoings of it and everything and why you shouldn't do it. You can work out, like, he, like, goes too far as explaining as to why you don't need to take steroids. It almost looks guilty. Um, but it, this was also a good segment, I thought. Like, I thought it's just, you know, another thing for you to kind of get to know Luger. So I think it was smart. Yep. And then we got a quick Bam Bam squash with Luna. Luna's awesome, shouting the whole time. So I thought it was fun little squash to kind of end the show on, you know, kind of some, something a little bit lighter. And then they talk about the big SummerSlam spectacular and everyone's match that we're going to be talking about. Shawn Michaels defends his IC title versus Bob Backlund. How mm. the F did this yeah. match get booked? Where oh did this God. come from? So, and they also mentioned that Taker would be there. Earlier they mentioned that it's going to be Yoko and uh, Jim Duggan. Yep. And uh, the Steiners are now going to fight Money Inc. as well. So and, and I remember this SummerSlam. Yeah, oh, in a cage. Yeah, right. Yeah. I love. I remember this SummerSlam spectacular. So I'm super pumped for it. But I thought they did a couple times good job of um, of building up. Like, hey, this is going to be a big deal. Even though SummerSlam is going to be awesome. Right before that, we got some big matches coming ahead. So I think fun fun preview for that. And then there's also there's also one last thing that was like a storyline throughout the show. Macho kept teasing this like surprise oh yes, I, thought, yes. I thought it was going to be something way different and yep. if, you, if you're a long-time listener the place to be i thought this is going to be like his rap like he even talks about hanging out with men on a mission earlier in the show so i'm like oh it's good they're gonna play his uh rock the boat rap whatever he had the fucking the macho midget comes out with like all the girls and stuff like the raw girls and it's like they just come out to the ring like that's all they do they just come out to the ring and then they leave like they must have needed something to build time, like waste time. Somebody must not have shown up, or they must have done something wrong with the timing. It's like that was your big surprise for the whole night. Was we just saw him last week? Like you know, he hasn't been well, gone for a long time. He's got his <laughs> So he's a, so he's a pimp. You know, he's, he's a little pimp, I guess. But 
yeah, it was, I don't know. It was just really, really random. And I was like, I would much rather have seen the rap than this little creep come out again. But yeah, yeah. it was definitely, definitely a bizarre ending. And I don't right. understand it. I don't understand it. They, they're in love with this guy, mm-hmm. but whatever. Uh, yeah, fun, fun raw again. I think the two raws pretty solid. The superstars. Not so much. Right. All right, let's go on to our awards. We got anything else to add before we get on to uh, the awards? No, nope, I'm all good. All right, awesome. Let's get uh, most new gen outfits. Uh, outfits. Uh, I'm gonna go with Men on a Mission. Well, Can't really go wrong with their colors. I'm gonna go Booger, Bastion Booger, just because, like, his eating is just so gross. They gave like a low <laughs> POV angle to of it too. Like, yeah. I did not is junk that close so that's i just just because like that's just like it's like his alpha is like zero effort so it's like just kind of classic like not spending money on the new gen uh we got nice new, new gen performer uh it's kind of hard not to go one two three kid i'm gonna go, i'm no i'm gonna go with uh heavenly bodies oh yeah good call. Versatile. Yeah. i thought they were versatile and they kind of showed something new in the ring that you really don't see so i'm gonna go with them yeah, the gigolo dance. If we had the best uh, <laughs> right. dance, definitely go to gigolo. Exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll go one, two, three, kid. I thought, thought he brought the fire, and again, kind of, we were kind of, I'm sure, like, the superstars were kind of talking down, and then it's like, yes. he comes on the screen, he's like, just picks you right back off. So, uh, worst match or segments? Uh, worst match or segments? I mean, I can't go the full episode of Superstars, so, uh, I don't know what the worst was, though. Well, let me check. Um... I, I'm I, as far as where I'm just gonna go to talk to Mr. Hughes. I didn't really like that match, and okay, it didn't really go anywhere. So I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I'm I'm gonna go the uh, I'll go to Tonka too, but his squash match just because it was the middle of like five in a row. I don't think it was like his fault, but it was just like you right. kind of mentioned Steiner, Sean, Tonka, like Kevinly bodies, like just no substance at all. That makes um, sense. The best match. Uh, I'm gonna go with a segment. I'm gonna go with the, the Luger, the contract signing. I really thought they nailed that. Uh, contract signing. I agree on that. I'm gonna say the same thing. Nice. I thought it was, I thought it was well done for for both. There was other good stuff too, but I thought that was the the be- the best of. Yeah, and there was no like match that like was like a, a hidden gem kind of match. Yeah, there's a couple like decent matches, but nothing like. Oh, like you would tell anybody to go out their way to see. So right, yeah, agreed. Uh, stock up, stock up. Uh, gonna just keep the same as the the match. We'll go with the heavenly bodies. Uh, I'm gonna do the same. I've just been loving jig- the gigolo. Yes, uh, how can you not? How can you not? The dance, uh, killing me every time. Uh, stock down. Macho midget. Oh man, poor guy. <laughs> poor creep. Um, <laughs> He's definitely the group. Uh, who do I want to go stock down on? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna change. I'm actually gonna change my my stock up to Ludwig Borga. Oh, nice. Thought squash was a little fun, and then I just don't like picking the same stuff as you. We gotta get right. a little different. Uh, stock down. Um, man, I want that whole tag match. I'm gonna go Blake. <laughs> Bever- I'm gonna go Blake Beverly. One go. that he's still he's still around in his Beverly, but they make no mention of like that his brother's around. Like he just turned into a jobber so quickly. Yeah, who is he? Well, yeah. he's probably the only guy that didn't sleep with Pat Patterson in the match. Too, yeah, 
But it's like weird. They he's still in his Beverly like outfit and stuff, and he's just kind of been around for a while. Right. Uh, he's like a jobber, singles jobber. jobber. Yeah, singles jobber just has outfits, right? So I'll, I'll give it to him. So uh, our plan next time is there's two superstars left for before SummerSlam, and then we're gonna somehow find the SummerSlam spectacular. Oh, it's on uh, YouTube. That's on you, yeah, but you know, uh, I thought it'd be on the Peacock, but it's not, or I couldn't find right. it. Um, disappointing. So sure. we're gonna we'll watch both well, both superstars, and we'll do the SummerSlam spectacular in between, uh, which yep. has a lot of like a lot of fun matches, like we mentioned. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be a good, good, good time. And then the next one after that, maybe we'll give a little SummerSlam predictions uh, right. as well on that. And we'll be on the SummerSlam. So fun, fun little month in the next two times. So thanks everyone for joining us, and we'll we'll talk to you next time. All right. American flag, American flag.